Welcome to Down to Herf, the podcast for cigar smokers, whiskey drinkers, and for the people just looking to kick back, light up, and have a good time. I'm your host, Jerry, and I'm joined by, as always, my co-host, Gio and Caleb. Fellas, 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 how are we doing on this fine Tuesday afternoon? Something we don't normally do. Yeah, special interview coming up, boys, so we have to make our schedule to work for the guest, you know? Sure. A little bit of a chilly day today as well. Not the uh, dog days of summer, but you can never tell by this uh, colorful artsy shirt they were wearing, you know? Just well, you. Just yeah, me. Yeah. That's what I do. Sure, a little cut off. Hey, hey, uh, our guest is in the tropics today, so that's why I went with the tropical theme. See? We'll get to that when they come on, but that's why I went with the whole thing. Jerry said he also was going to wear a tank top today, too, but I guess the weather's got him feeling a little chilly. I mean, to be fair, it's 60 degrees. Yeah, it's pretty, you know. Actually, it says it's 71 now. No yeah. way. Yeah. It's, it's definitely cold It does cold not feel like 71. It's yeah. overcast. I mean, and it, it, was like, it was like 60 this morning. Yeah. So that's kind of, I wasn't feeling that. Pants weather. For sure. Shorts for me. Just anytime it gets above 60, I'm rocking the shorts. <clears throat> oh, that's because you're a Florida man in Buffalo. Yeah. So I'm not going to introduce the cigar yet because I'm going to wait for the guests to get on the show. But Caleb, what are we drinking today, buddy? All right, so it's a first for us. We got Blade and Bow Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey out of Louisville, Kentucky. This is 91 proof. Uh, also pretty sweet. It's got this nifty little key on it. Uh, there's a story because Blade and Bow is made out of the old Stetzer Weller factory. Uh, it opened in 1935, closed in 1992. So uh, the five keys was on the door, the front door, heavy brass keys. And they stood for the uh, the craftsmanship and the five steps in making bourbon and so some of this uh bourbon that is hanging around blade and bow is actually from before 1992 that's what they claim it's part of their story so if it's true or not who knows might have to talk to someone from blade and bow about that but uh really cool they have a five key club if you get all five of these keys that's like a special club membership that you get into uh jerry you said you drove by this distillery while you were there uh- it was like on our way to one of the distilleries that we went to when we were in Louisville. Did it look cool? Uh, dude, I got to be honest, I can't really remember. So, seems like it's got some history like Stetzer Willer, some old big names in the whiskey game, but um so these are aged in charred American white oak oak barrels. So it's, it's going to give it a little distinct flavor and smell to it. I'm sure you guys have picked that up on it already. This is a really nice tasting bourbon. So, yeah, I'm uh I am enjoying it. Oh yeah. Hey man, what's up? What's going on, Lee? What's up, guys? How are you? We're Hi. hanging in there, man. It's uh shitty weather here in Buffalo. Hey, man, you guys are super official. Hey, we, <laughs> you know. Howard stern mics, some cans, everything. Man. Hey, we we want to make sure, you know, I'm on the fly it. here in Nicaragua, so and, all right, well, we'll I'll start that up. We'll introduce you. We'll let Gio do it. Gio's the best at it. <laughs> all right, well, we'll wait here to get the little record countdown going. But all right, here we are. We got Lee Marsh from Stolen Throne Cigars. He's coming in from Nicaragua. Where in Nicaragua are you at? Where well, I'm at the Rojas Cigar Factory here in Esteli. 
So right in downtown Nestle, Nicaragua. Nice, oh, man. That's dope. Nice. How, how is it there? Got to be awesome, right? I love it here, man. I love it. I mean, it's chocolate. like it has a calming effect on me. As soon as I touch down in uh, Managua, everything's just kind of easy going. You know, it's awesome. I love it here. Tropical paradise. Can't, you know, blame you there. But, nah. uh, so I'm back. All the all all the cigars you can smoke. Oh yeah, yeah I can't can. even imagine. I can't even imagine. Sounds like heaven to a bunch of guys like us. You just want to smoke and relax. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I do have to work, unfortunately, but uh, I can smoke the whole time and I get copious amounts of breaks, so it's all right. Hopefully, you get a little play in there while you're working. So. That that's uh, you know, always hopeful. But uh, we're getting ready to get into your new cigar that we got at PCA. The what is it? The York, the Yorktown. Yep. And we lost him. Connection issues. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, this will happen when you got someone on the other side of the world. Uh, but I'm sure Lee will be back quickly. This seems to just happen so damn frequently with remote. Unfortunately, you can't get past internet. But I don't know if they got five G down there. <laughs> you know, they don't that, believe. That helps. Well, they're they're really big on conspiracies there, so they're they're against the five G towers. You think so? I was being a smartass. I thought oh. you were going to play into this. I gave you the opportunity. You fumbled the bag. Hold on. I'll just say Putin did just ban five G in Russia, and they destroyed all their five G towers. So yeah. Mm. Maybe it's it. maybe it's causing Jerry's back cancer and that pain he's got going on right now. <laughs> Damn, dude, what the fuck was that all about? <laughs> what the hell did I do? It's five G, man. It's yeah. just messing everyone up. Yeah, right. Yeah, let's try that again. I don't know what happened. Uh, Not a problem. Hey, you guys yeah. hear me all right? My yeah. connection's fine. I don't know what that was. It just that I, I actually can hear you a million times better. So whatever happened. Um, works out yeah, yeah. I, I don't i don't know what happened it, it just said i got lost connection to the studio server well hey so, we made it work here uh I've so been doing it, video calls all day so i don't know <laughs> so uh what we were saying before so we're smoking the yorktown fleet you gave us at pca the unbanded uh awesome. you know can you tell us a little bit about this blend and you know obviously this is your new core line for the brand you know we've smoked a lot of your stuff and you know fans of the brand for sure yeah, absolutely. So the Yorktown, um, super, super cool cigar, man. So it's kind of like one of those projects that's built on other projects, right? Like we, I always strike out to make everything in our portfolio vastly different from everything that's come before it. And this one definitely falls in that line. Um, the cool thing about it is, is that the wrapper varietal is, you know, is an Ecuador and Sumatra Maduro, but it's actually, the varietal that we use on the call to arms that we've set aside over the last three years to set and allow it to age out in Maduro. So, um, which is really cool because it's a vastly different flavor profile. I can tell you on the nose, man, this thing just smells like chocolate. Oh, yeah. I don't know it's if you get that, rich. but yeah, it's very, it's potent. Yeah. Potent yeah. on the nose. It's, it's, and so that cigar also utilizes a, a new Lajero varietal that Noel and I just started growing. It's the first use of a, a a hybrid Corojo Pelo de Oro, um, the Lajero in that. So you're going to get a rich, deep, earthy tone to it. It's got some power to it, but it's super approachable. 
I could use a heavier cigar because we did a lighter one the other day. So I, I'm I'm in the mood for a heavy one to just uh, set me in relax mode. Uh, it's definitely a heavy cigar. I had one of those for breakfast. It was awesome. <laughs> I got to imagine uh, be, having the ability to just sit around and smoke like stone throwing stuff all day has got to be pretty nice. It's a luxury not everybody it's, has. It's not bad. I'd like yeah, to even tell I you bet. that it's a labor, but it's not bad. So, yeah. For sure. I mean, especially here, man. It's tougher to get your guys' stuff in Buffalo. There's not a lot of stores that carry it. I don't know. I was literally just about to touch on that. I was going to say, do you have any uh, stores that you deal with here in Buffalo? Do you have any retailers that carry Stolen Thrones yet? Not not in Buffalo proper, but we are in New York. Uh, I get to plug the new website. That's a great question. Uh, yeah. So if you guys have heard me before, I never wanted a website and i never wanted to do swag now i do both of those things hey man so we do have a, we do have a website up com. we launched that at the show as well um you can find all of our retailers on the map um we are in new york we're not we're not in uh, buffalo proper yet um, but we're all over the place and plenty of cool retailers that'll help you out and ship you some stuff so if you need it go to com and link you to all their social medias and all that kind of stuff so yeah, I mean, I have no problem. I mean, one of the, you guys like shops that is a big proponent. Uh, I actually smoked their uh, shop exclusive you did with them. It was up down out in Chicago. Nice. So yeah, oh Phil. Yeah, Phil, Phil is a pain in my ass, <laughs> but he loves it's, it's, it's a great cigar. I love Phil. It's awesome. He he really pushes you guys. I've put some pretty big orders with those guys, and you know, he's like, hey man, you know, you should try them out, and he gave us a little, you know, sample size of all your stuff. Jerry smoked some other of your brands. I think I've smoked the Phantom Queen, the Crook, and now you know this Yorktown. Uh, you might have. So you're missing the, the Call to Arms, Call Call to Arms, and uh, Three Kingdoms. Hey, yeah. you're, missing, yeah. you're missing a good bit of the regular production portfolio. No, yeah. I mean Phil's awesome. You know, he's I give him a hard time, and likewise, he gives me a hard time. But he's been one of those retailers that's really kind of pushed me to, you know, do the best we can and like uh, give me that added fire. I always like working on something with him because it always goes sideways and it forces me to do stuff different. You know, <laughs> think outside so the box he, a little he bit. Gets a kick out of that. Yeah, and he and he love. He's got a back and forth with. Yeah, he's got a back and forth with our sales director, him and Phil. <laughs> my phil they go back and forth nonstop. So yeah that's a, that's a story for another episode you guys All will right. love that the right. shit the shit that they send back and forth to each other is insane it's gross <laughs> uh, i can imagine I, i'm pretty sure we all have those uh group chats that literally get you thrown in jail so oh yeah they so they, the going the going thing is like uh my phil has uh started this like this rumor that phil's in the feet Mm. So oh, getting shit. like all these people to send Phil Ledbetter a bunch of feet stuff. Oh, so it's, uh, so that's always good. The old Rex Ryan treatment from the Bills head coach. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Jeez, oh, oh, he had like that tattoo of like his wife's foot or something like that, and everyone oh, was God. giving him shit about it. He Wait. did. He did. Former Baltimore Raven Rex, Rex Ryan, <laughs> defense coordinator. Yeah, he, he got around in the league for sure. Hey man. Look, that's staying power. That's the business. As long as you got a job. Well, I mean, his, his dad put them boys out there, Buddy Ryan. So, you know. Oh, just, yeah. His dad was the funnier of all of them. He was just an angry man. Anytime you punch, anytime you punch another coach on the sideline, man, <laughs> you, you legacy. And, legacy. <laughs> and Bobby Knight, who's choking his player. You fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Throwing chairs. And the crazy part is that, did, like, 
victim of time because all his players loved that guy. Right. Right. You can't demand greatness anymore. <laughs> so, Lee, yeah. I have a question for you. How did you get your start in the cigar industry? Obviously, uh, Stolen Thrones isn't that old. Um, went a couple of years, right? Yeah, so this is our fourth year on the market. Yeah. We're coming up on the fifth year of the crook. Next year will be the year of the crook, so there'll be some cool stuff going on with that. Uh, really, man, I started as a consumer. You know, I was just I was traveling a lot for work, and I spent a lot of my downtime in cigar lounges. So you just meet people, and then I, you know, I took my first trip down to the Dominican. And just fell in love with it. Like, I'm like, man, this is fucking awesome. Like, you, you're telling me you go from this field to that barn to that factory. You know, so it's like, it, it was, I just became in love with the process and the craft, you know? Sure. And then over time, like, and I don't even realize, I don't think I realized, like, that passion was burning. But then over and over again, I found myself constantly talking and wondering, like, what what would happen if, if I launched a company, if, if I had a brand and, like, the things I would do differently and how I would go about it. Um, and then, you know, it finally got to be shared off the pot. And I, I think that's the funny thing about it. Right. And I joke with friends of mine, they, everyone sees the perks. No one sees the labor because, mm. you know, to everyone, like we kind of came out of nowhere and like had this like great overnight success, but they don't see the five years before that I spent just traveling around and learning, coming to Nicaragua, come to the Dominican to just learn, not even thinking about cigars, just, thinking about processes and learning as much about tobacco and the procedures of creating cigars and all those kind of things, you know, and that kind of just snowballed into what stolen throne is. Cause I've always said that like stolen throne is our journey through tobacco, right? We're experiencing this together. It just happened that I hit it on a very high note with the crook and then everything else kind of followed suit. It's a fantastic cigar, especially for the price point, too. I mean, uh, that's a cigar that, you know, you can go in as an entry-level smoker, pick up off a shelf. You know, that would do great in a, you know, brick and mortar. So, I'm, I mean, that's that yeah, was kind always, of a home-run cigar. I'm always proud of that. I mean, we it's so funny. I, I do have quite a few retailers that tell me, like, you should charge more. I said, I'll charge you more, but I'm not <laughs> going to raise the price on the consumers. Yeah, yeah, I, because like you know this lifestyle, and that's what it is. It's not a habit. It's not a hobby. It's a lifestyle, and it, it's it's not inexpensive. And I've always believed in a great quality at a fair price point. You know, sure. So I have a question for you, Lee. While you were doing your traveling before you started the company, what were you actually doing for work um, before so the company got started? I've done, a, I've done a, a bunch of different things. I was in legal compliance for a while for a large law firm. And then I was in tech for a while as well. So um, I did a, I wore a, a bunch of different hats. Tech guy who didn't want a website. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I hated it. I, I believe it. I believe it. It's like going back no, to your roots. I mean, it's like the shit you hated. I mean, everything about it, you know, I, as you guys can tell from watching the brand, like we go out of our way to be different, right? People laughed at me when I, I was making bundled cigars. You know, and now we're making, we're, we're outselling those people, yeah. you know? So it, it's like, I, I, I'm a contrarian by nature. Even if the, the guided path is the right way to go, I still really don't, I really want to go left. I get that. <laughs> like, I really want to do yeah. my own thing. For sure. It's a gift and a curse. It's a gift and a curse. I totally understand that. Hey, you could always try something. If it doesn't work, you just go back to the old, uh, the old regular method that everyone does. But you, you at least try and be different. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, being like everybody else is boring, right? Like you get tired of seeing the same old shit. You get tired of seeing the same old cigars offered in 
Habano, Maduro, Connecticut, you know, or whatever, you know, it's just, it was one of those things like the same thing with line extensions. I don't really believe in those. Everything we offer regular production is two sizes in a display tray. It's keep it simple. Yeah. I've noticed that, uh, uh, the Yorktown fleet, is this going to be in a box or is this a bundled cigar as well? It'll be a bundled cigar as well, but okay. it'll have its own retail display like all the other uh, blends. Okay. Um, it's going to come in a – I think you guys got the Robusto. Yeah. Um, it'll, it will also be in a box press torpedo. Oh, nice, Ooh, man. that is oh. probably – I'm probably yeah. going to really enjoy that one. I like a good torpedo. So to dive a little deeper into that rabbit hole and, you know, your start in the industry and stuff, do you remember, like, your first couple cigars? Do you remember, like, where you were and, like, getting into the culture? You know, tell me yeah. about that. Yeah, so I mean, I think everyone on this side of the, the the train tracks, you know, the boutique guys, I think they've all had their run with ligas and that kind of stuff. My first cigar that I actually remember smoking because I've been smoking for shit. I hate to say this, twenty years, I guess now. Fuck. Um, I just aged myself. Uh, but in fairness, my first cigar was at like fifteen, so like it's not bad. <laughs> okay, that's really not, not that bad. bad. Yeah, you ain't that much older. No, damn. Like you, I was like, damn. I'm thirty three. We were so. Well, we were smoking yeah, those Swisher Sweets back in the day. Oh, okay. All right, we're say, all in our 30s. But whenever you say 20 years ago and you remember it, it kind of sucks. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, so my first cigar that I actually remember is like was a was actually a farm roll. My uncle was in the military. He was a Marine, and he brought some back. He was in Guantanamo at the time. He brought some farm rolls back, and I smoked those. And, like, that's kind of the derivative, man. It's always about, like, spending time with people, the camaraderie. I mean, if you look at Stolen Throne Cigars, everyone that works with us, we met through cigars. Like, we were just hanging out. I always I always joke and say I'm the island of misfit, I'm the king of the island of misfit toys because these fuckers show up and then never leave and I have to give them a job, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, Josh, he's, our, he's my handler slash chief of staff, tech guy. So, I mean, he legitimately has been with us since the launch event. So, so, you know, it's so sorry to interrupt. Uh, so would you say no, 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 smoking no. that first cigar with your uncle back then was kind of what got you into the whole cigar culture and things like that? Because uh, I always like to get everyone's background story of what got them into cigars. I think I, I think it probably did subconsciously. Right. But you're, when you're 15, you're not thinking about a whole lot of nothing, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so I think but as you go and then you start to get a little older and you realize that like the best times you're having is when. You're smoking cigars with your friends or, you know, you're watching the band or you're doing this, that or the other thing, you know. And so it, it definitely is in the root cause of what I love about it, you know, but I think it constantly grows upon itself, you know, like it's a foundation. And then, you know, like I just said, I met all my friends that are now work with us here at Stone Throne Cigars through cigars. And, you know, and the the myriad of friends we meet at, you know, the trade show or in random lounges or how it brings people together. So it's, I hate saying that, that's such a weird thing to say, but it's true. Like they, the, you know, the cigars themselves bring people together. I mean, I've been in cigar lounges all over the world and I've yet to be in one where you couldn't find someone to talk to. That is so, so true. Like when you get to that point, it's funny, like, this question gets asked and the answer is almost the same verbatim, no matter who you talk to. And, you know, we've done interviews from all walks of life and it's just the same thing. So there is got to be an extreme truth to that. It's not like just anecdote at this point. 
you know? Well, and it's like, it supersedes your preconceived notions too, right? Because I would not consider myself an overly people person. I am a people person. In fact, that like, you know, I like to engage, but to me, it's like the moments when you meet someone and, you know, for me, it's, it's on a personal level. Like we, we get this all the time. Like there's so much, there's so many good cigars out there. The fact that people choose to, to buy ours, you know, and they celebrate those moments or I'll get these messages constantly that like, Hey man, I'm getting married. I'm smoking a crook or Hey dude, I just had a baby. I'm, I'm lighting this up, you know? And like, to me, to be able to be included, you know, undeservingly in people's lives in that regard, it's like, there's some, there is something romantic about that. Right. You know, regardless of how you feel about individuals coming and going, but that, that, you know, that essence of the community and, and being a part of a moment is fucking awesome. I feel like we talk about that a lot on the show, especially when we have guests and, you know, we get your perspective on these things. Um, cigars are so strange in the fact that you can have them on your worst day to chill out and just reflect on, you know, maybe things you could have did better. And you can also have them to celebrate the greatest moments of your life like you touched on. You know, your, yeah. your weddings, the births births of your ch- uh, children, um, you know, just big celebrations in your life. And it, sure. it's it's so weird the scale that, you know, you could literally be like, man, I can't stand my fucking boss. This fucking sucks. I'm having the worst fucking day ever. I'm just going to go sit on the back deck and chill the fuck out. Or, you know, you could... Again, you're just with your buddies sitting around a fire, having a, a nice pour of whiskey, smoking a cigar, and just taking in those conversations and appreciating those it's moments. The, it's the only constant, right? Yeah. Everything else is moving up and down. It's the only constant is the cigar, which is awesome. It really... Yeah. I'm, you did touch yeah, on I mean, the whole... Even, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you did touch on like, uh, man, I, I hate to sound like almost cliche, but... You know, it's the people and the community and, you know, that that's the stuff that's important. Well, it definitely is. I mean, if you look at our brand growth, man, like that's why I didn't really ever want a website because like, you know, I'll, even now, probably, you know, the word's gotten out about us a little bit. But, you know, like for the first couple of years, like every single new account we got was because consumers that supported us, loved us and just championed us to all their shops. Like they're like, you got to bring these guys in. Like, and I'm no bullshit. It's like 87, almost 90% of our, our growth from year one to three-ish was organic based on consumers. Sure. You know? And, like, that's super meaningful. Well, I, you know, I, like, I did, Um, I think the first Stolen Throne cigar I had was the Crook of the Crown, and I actually got it as a bodyguard just through a buddy really? who sent me some stuff, and I was like, dude, what was that? That was... That was really good, man. He's like, oh, man, that's a brand Stolen Thrones. And that was probably about two years ago. And I was yeah. like, man, that was really good, man. Where can I get that? He's like, well, they're not really, I mean, they're not everywhere. But, you know, there's places you just got to kind of look around. And, you know, then I dug deeper into it. And, you know, I was able to find a couple places that carried it. So it's uh, that was how I first heard of Stolen Throne. Um, aside from that, probably shortly after that was meeting you and Phil at the PCA trade show in 2022. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys were both very kind and, and, and nice and it just seemed genuine. And I, you know, I, I think I did touch on that. Are you sure it was me? Are you sure it was me? Phil, I believe. For sure. Yeah. Uh, he gave me like some kind of uh challenge coin, some military challenge coin. That's him. That's him. 
Yeah. Phil is definitely the guy that doesn't really fit in. He's the guy that will help your grandmother across the street with her groceries and like feel bad because he didn't ask her if she wanted him to put him away. Oh man, me, I kind of take that like some 41, uh, route, you know, we don't notice at all. We laugh when old people fall, you know, like (laughs) shit like that. That's right. That's right. That's for me. No, but I mean, I, but I mean, you know, you speaking on the accounting, like for us, like I'm big on relationships, you know, and we could saturate the market. It's just not the way that I choose to operate. I mean, we are in 250 accounts nationwide and we're in, coming up on five different countries outside the United States. So, you know, it's definitely been a whirlwind of growth, but you know, it, I still like that underground feel to it because that's who we are. Man. Like I don't, I don't pay for reviews. I don't send my stuff out to people to tell them how great we are. Like, I don't believe in that. Like, you know, that's bullshit really. That's just not my speed. And I'm not begrudging anyone that chooses to do it differently. Like that's their choice, but that's just not me. Yeah. I mean, as Jerry touched on it, like his introduction was, you know, the crook. So mine was the phantom queen when we, you know, did it on our show before. And, you know, just was something new when we saw a news release about it. So we had to make sure we got it. And like, all right, let's see what we got. We've never done this brand and what a box. <clears throat> yeah. That was your first L E, right? The uh that was. So I got some questions about that. You guys had sure. a little trouble with that with the boxes, right? Oh uh, yeah, it was fucking ridiculous. So I don't know how deep how deep you want to dig into that, but we did get a box. Uh, I don't give a shit. Okay, yeah. No, I, I I listen, I appreciate you being able to, you know, sit down and have that conversation, but that cigar, fantastic blend. A great little torpedo. Uh, a lot of issues with the wrapper, man. The it almost seemed like the box was a little too big for the cigar. Yeah, so the Connecticut itself is super fragile. You guys all know that if you smoke cigars, sure. Right? You know, so there was that, and we had some about like ten percent of the production. The boxes came in off spec, so mm. you know it should have been caught by us. You know, and I fully own it. We replaced every cigar. You know, and so for us, it was a mistake that was made here. And like, I, but I own it. Like, they were rushing to get things done. They should have called it. They should have stopped and didn't. Yeah. You know, luckily, we were able to, for whatever reason, because like when I do limiteds, I never make more than production. Like, it is what it is. And for whatever reason, I think I was finishing off a bale or something like that. And we, we had a, a, quite a few left over. So, like I said, we were able to replace every cigar, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, shit happens. Like, I don't. I don't make excuses. We should have caught it and it, I can guarantee it'll never happen again. I mean, I think the good thing is the silver lining about it is like the, the support we got from retailers and consumers alike. The fact that, you know, we did make it right. You know, we did replace everyone's cigars and stuff like that. So, you know, I do take pride in the fact that, you know, people trusted our character and reputation, but shit happens. Man. I mean, it just, yeah. unfortunately it, that was like our first big fuck up. And hopefully it's the last. <laughs> hey, even hey. the biggest dogs have shit go wrong, you know. So uh, it's unavoidable, man. Yeah, yeah it really, one hundred percent. As much as I stress and everything that we go through in terms of like, I'm a process guy, right? So the processes that we go through, like all of our cigars are weighted and draw tested, every single one that we make. And so when shit happens like this, to me, yeah, I could freak out, and a younger me probably would. But it, it serves no purpose. Like, how do you fix it? And how do you get better? You know, as long yeah. as we never make that mistake again, fuck it. It's a learning curve, and like we go with it. Well, put it this way: even like with the like the ones we got, we split them amongst ourselves when we split that box, and like obviously there was you know that wrapper cracking issue with the packaging. 
I still smoked every single one of those cigars. That's how fucking good they were. Yeah. That blend was. It was a fantastic amazing. blend. It really like, was. I will fight through that one. When it's good, it's good. You know, but perfect, yeah. perfect morning breakfast cigar. I light, creamy. It was awesome in the morning. I had my three or whatever that I had right in the morning, first thing on the front and porch. I think that was reflected even like when like Half Wheel reviewed it. Like they talked about that, but they're like, this thing is still incredible. Yeah. Yeah. You know who reviewed that for uh, Half Wheel? Was it Charlie? No, I think it was Brooks, actually. Brooks? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. But, well, I think it speaks as... I'll be honest with you. I don't pay much attention to that kind of stuff. Sure. But, uh, sure. Yes, uh, well, we're more we on the media side of things. Course. Yeah. I yeah. mean, either way, like I said, it, it's just a testament, though, to like your craft that... like. Something can go wrong, but the product is just still that good that you want to overcome that. Like, yeah, no, I mean, I definitely take pride in it, but like, look, man, shit has to go wrong for you to get better, you know. And if everything was <laughs> I perfect, joke because like, I'm uh, I'm a cynical person, so I'm like, well, shit was going too good. Yeah. Like, we, shit was going way too good, so like, we yeah. were due. You know? Listen, put it this way: with this remote interview, this is probably the most difficult thing to do when we're doing a podcast because you're dependent on so many outside factors, and we've had so many fuck ups. We've had a we're... power outage too. Yeah, yeah I mean, po- yeah, power outages. Uh, you know, a cord fucks up. So, like, maybe we were like five minutes late. A dude was like, "Oh, you're five minutes late. Fuck you guys. I'm not coming on." Like shit, like that. Like, it just yeah. so many things can go wrong, especially like. Dude, you're in another country. Yeah. But we're still sitting right. here talking live in person. And I mean, it's not exactly easy to do, you know, especially from this no. side of it, like the recording and the editing and the getting the video together. Yeah. I like, mean, and I'm, and like, I, tr- I go out of my way to try to be available, right? When people ask me to do an interview or whatever, like, I'm all about it. I don't like canned stuff. I like stuff to be on the fly. I like talking to you guys. But it's like, <laughs> They so Phil and Josh. I'm not allowed to manage my own schedule anymore <laughs> um, because what ends up happening is they're like, "Well, you said you would do this, but then you were in the middle of the farm when this guy wanted to call you." I said, "What do you want from me? I'm doing the best I can." <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you know, because, you, like, I know there's well, because you know I'm only I'm only here like every couple months, so yeah. like there's so much shit to do when I get here and I do make time for people, but at the same time, like something comes up and they're like, Oh, can you come to the bodega? I'm like, yeah, okay. And then it's like, Oh fuck. And then the two, you know, I just got here yesterday. Right. So like, and you know, Nicaragua doesn't do daylight savings. So sometimes we're an hour behind, sometimes we're two hours behind. So I got hit in the head a lot too, man. Like I can't, it's hard to keep up. I do the best I can. Sounds like me. I got hit in the head a lot. I can't barely remember anything. Yeah. Terrible. He he forgot his sleeves. Actually, nice. the shirt, the, you know what? The shirt fits fine lengthwise, but sleeve-wise, I had to cut them off. Arms are just getting too yes. big. Yeah. Sun's out, guns out. I get it, bro. Don't so, worry about it. So Tropical vibes. You're in Nicaragua, so. <laughs> Jesus. Now, so obviously you're in, you know, you're in Nicaragua, so is this uh, a new blend trip? Is this the LE that you got in the works here, or is this just quality control in general? All of the above, man. So I never stop working. Like, I'm not a guy that, like, pumps out a new cigar in a week of being here. Uh, that's not how this works for me. Like, I think, you know, that's a good point, too, is, like, for me, I always, like, end up talking to some people, and I'm like, man, it's, it's like, for me, it's like writing an album. Like, I don't think people realize, like, how much time I spend on blends. Like, you know, the Three Kingdoms, no bullshit, took me three years. 
you know, the Yorktown. So average, I'm working on a cigar for about a year, year and a half before it reaches market. That's like the Yorktown, the Yorktown fleets coming right in in about a year and a half, probably. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so, but I'm always working. I, there's always blends in the hopper. There's always, I never know what I'm going to do with them. I'm always working with them. And then when they're done, I figure it out if I'm going to use them or not. And then I reevaluate like the tobacco we have available for that blend and, and go from there. And sometimes those become your LEs and your, your exclusives and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I will tell you, like I used to come down here and just fuck with tobacco all the time and blend and just now, unfortunately I have a, I'm not, unfortunately, I got a lot more shit to do, checking on production, checking on quality control, all those things. So, you know, it's, it's always, uh, I'm, I'm, I come to the factory about 7 a.m. every day, and I'm here till about probably 8 or 9, 8 or 9 every night. So, putting in that work, that's how we get Long these to, man. Yeah. So, all right. Then, uh, I guess this, uh, leads nicely into this, uh, part of things. So, of all the blends you've done, which one would you say is your baby? Ah, uh, they're all my babies, man. The favorite. I get that question a lot, and I, I understand it. Like, for me, it's like, like to that point, right? I spend so much time with these cigars, with these blends that like they would never even get to you if I didn't love them, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, I mean, if, if I was put on the spot, it would probably be the crook only because of the sentimental value, right? Like that was a yeah. cigar that like no one knew who we were. We launched it. There's people who still don't know who I am or still on but they love that cigar. And that's like the best, like that's great for me. Like that's all I care about, right? So it would it would probably be that one for that reason, but I do love all the cigars. Like I don't have a favorite cigar that I smoke the most. I go through I go through seasons. Like I get in a, a really, really, really deep rabbit hole of like smoking one Vitola, one blend over and over again, and it kind of just goes from there. Like I just got out of like a, a deep entanglement with call coronas. Like I was smoking like a bundle every two days, probably. Oh, I mean, you you got enough of them. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Sometimes. Yeah, right. Sometimes. So sales have been dictating what I can smoke and not, you know. Oh, so. shit. All right. A lot of people are buying this. I guess I got to smoke, yeah. you know, crooks today. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I feel like I'm a very similar smoker in that sense where, uh, you know, I get really attached to like a certain Vitola and a certain cigar and I like to smoke as many as possible just to really understand the cigar. And yeah, then I kind of just go to the next thing. And it's it's weird. Like I'll always appreciate that cigar that i just smoked you know 10 15 of over the last like two weeks but then i go to something new and i i just try to learn about that cigar so i, I in that sense i kind of understand what you mean by you know just going through the same cigar over and over and over again based on like where you are the season and you know obviously palettes changed with like the weather so yeah and like for me it kind of it proves my point about what i wanted the brand to be right like when we did the crook like people thought I was, I was joking, but I wasn't right. Like for the crook, no one knew who we were. This isn't now, this is five years ago when no one knew who the fuck we were. And like, we're launching a cigar at probably what they consider to be the worst time. Um, so it was like, well, I'm, I'm a boutique guy. I get bored with cigars. I don't want to smoke the same shit over and over again. So like, could we make a cigar that I would never get bored with that? I could smoke at first in the morning, last at night, because if I couldn't sell them, I was smoking 10,000 of them. Yeah. So, and, <laughs> and the crook was that. And every blend has fallen in that line. Like, I can smoke all of our cigars and not get bored, like, constantly. So, you know, so if, for me, it, it's about hitting those, those points of, like, complexity 
flavor profile, quality of tobacco, like all those things. And if you can do that, even if you're missing like a flavor profile, like if it's not that much, but like you have those other things, like you could get through it. But luckily for us, like our blends hit those marks and the, and I blend the Vitola, not just the blend itself. So, you know, your, your Crook Robusto is going to smoke different. Profile is going to be the same. It's just going to be delivered a little bit different from the Robusto to the Toro. And likewise with the Calls, with the Coronas and Robustos, and then the Three Kingdoms with the Robusto and the Pensado, right? So it's creating those experiences and being able to live your whole, you know, cigar life, if you will, within the portfolio. Do you remember, um, like, telling one of your buddies or, like, a close friend that you were trying to start a cigar line? and if if you do remember that moment, do you remember what they said? Did they think you were crazy? I do remember talking about it with a couple of friends and like the like because I was always the guy that like this specific friend would be like, "What should I smoke next? What do you think of this? Like what this?" So when I did that, he was like, "Fuck yeah, man, do it." <laughs> I feel like in a sense, uh, Geo and I have become at our job. And through our friends in in this area, that's kind of who we are. Uh, we sure. get we get random phone calls, uh, you know, random times during the day. Hey, man, I'm at the cigar shop. Uh, you got any suggestions on what I should grab? I'm like, well, you know, I, I try and talk on a more of a, you know, just grab this cigar. It's more of like, a, well, what are you in the mood for? Are you in like the mood for you know a lighter cigar? Are you looking for something that's gonna you know melt you into a chair? Like, like, like what do you what do you like? You want a dark wrapper, light wrapper, just. You know, you, you start asking more like almost tobacconist questions than, yeah. you know, like, yeah, man, grab this cigar. Yeah, That's a because, good one. And I think for us, it started because like I was that consumer that every manufacturer hates. What's <laughs> oh, new? Oh, yeah. Where, where, what's, what's the new thing? So, but you have to, man. Like I always, you know, whenever I talk to a new smoker that comes up to me at an event or whatever, and they're like, oh, you know, like I'm just going to start it. I'm like, man, do the right thing. Smoke everything. Sure. You know, because like when everyone talks to me about like developing their palate, like I always give them the disclaimer that I'll tell you exactly how to do it, but you're not going to do it. Most people don't. You have to smoke things you don't like because sure. you have to be able to broaden your horizons of what you're taking in and collecting that nuance. And some people never get it, but you don't get it by just hammering the same two or three cigars over and over again. And then for the people that want to do that, like that's fine. Like I, I know many people that are just like, Oh, that's cool. Like, I'll just take Cook Robusto, please. Like, <laughs> so, okay, man. Yeah, like, I can definitely relate to that. Like, I've smoked through some cigars I really wasn't a fan of, even though, like, this brand has made, you know, other lines that I love. Uh, right. And it's just, it's not for me. So, but you learn what you like and what you don't from that. Like, sure. You have to. I mean, it's the same way with anything else when you're consuming things to kind of, broaden your horizons right and same with wine and same with bourbons and scotches like anyone that tells you they like scotch right away is lying to you <laughs> it's an acquired taste so yeah. i'm still on that i don't like scotch but i can drink I, I mean i have there's probably 200 bottles of bourbon throughout this lounge that i have at my house yeah. and uh, there's barely any scotch and i always yeah i mean i'll tell you like the easiest way to transition to scotch is start with suntory like do some hibiki and all that kind of stuff that'll get yeah. you closer and closer to being so able to i i am a jeff we just did kikori last night we yeah. uh we actually did there an interview go. with matt booth so 
Uh, we did Kikori awesome. yesterday. I fucking hated it. Dude, I it was, loved it. It was. I can't believe you hated oh, dude, it. Dude, it was I, disgusting. I, I thought it was the best Japanese whiskey we've had on the uh, show. We did Hibiki. Yeah. We did the uh, what is that one called? Uh, Gio Yamato. The, yeah, the Yamato. That shit was the coolest. Yeah, like you, you drink some Hibiki or some Yamasaki Twelve, it'll get you close. Like Josh is the same way. Uh, he's like, uh, now I'm not drinking Band Aid water. No, thank you. <laughs> well, Lee, I gotta say, you're like the second or third person that we've had on recently that said. Don't smoke what you like. Find out what you don't like, and that's how you gauge what you're going to be into. I, I think even Matt said it the other day, too, and then maybe one other guest It's just said expanding, it, and I, it's just about the experience, right? Because, like, sometimes you create these preconceived notions that, like, you like this because this is what you have, but you start branching out, and you're like, well, maybe I don't like this. Maybe I like other things. Because I think sometimes people just have been given a cigar from a friend, and they assume that that's what cigars are. Right. And then they kind of compound that over and over again. And that's that's one of the things I tell retailers all the time about, like, you know, this floating band on flavored tobacco. And I said, look, man, if I'm you. Get your get your consumers into a medium body cigar right now. Like, don't let them just get in this pigeonhole of like mild Connecticut's because they'll probably never leave. So if you get them to something that's approachable, more flavor, more power, but like it's deliverable in, in in a way that like doesn't overwhelm them, doesn't make them sick. Then they're going to start branching out and getting those pallets, right? Like, and and I will tell you, like the big thing is like the growing female smoker market segment, and they're jumping right in. Like, I met a girl, I met a lady two months ago that jumped right in with a crook, like that was her first cigar, and she was like, "This is great." Yeah, I mean, definitely in that regard, that's a huge, huge untapped market. Like, we look at our, you know, demographics, and you know, men twenty five and up cigars, no problem, but. Uh, getting to the female perspective and, you know, obviously, you know, there's some, you know, female brands that are coming, own brands that are coming up as well that are also really kind of pushing that drive as well. Um, well, and I think it's, it's the inclusion too, man. Yeah. I, you know, I've, I've been to some events where it's like female only cigar clubs and they're great, man. Mm-hmm. They ask great questions. They want to learn. They want to know what they're buying. And, you know, men, like we, we fucking think we know everything, you know, <laughs> this is so but so, true. It is as so far as like, an, true. as yeah. far as an educated consumer, like it, it, there's no comparison. Yeah. I mean, women are typically more detail oriented than men. I well, mean, think about when you sure. first started smoking cigars, right? Gio? Yeah. If you walked into a brick and mortar and the guy asks you, Hey man, can I help you find anything? You're going to be like, nah, nah, man, I'm good for yeah. the most part. I just want to look. I'm yeah. just going to look. I'm going to find what I want. But you know, a, you know, a, a female smoker might walk in. They'll actually ask questions. Yeah. There, they, there's no. Yeah. It's almost like it's like asking for directions. Yeah, so we don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the ego. There is yeah. definitely ego in men. Am I supposed to have all these extra spare parts? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just like you know. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, that happened the other day uh, when Alex and I did our uh, back patio set. There was a bunch of extra screws. I'm like. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. Don't worry about it. I, it looks, yeah, yeah it's, it works. I'm telling you, it's perfect. If you yeah. can sit on it and it doesn't break, you're good. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, I mean, yeah. I helped you with your deck. I'm like the least handy person here, and it hasn't fallen apart yet. So, yeah, we're good. I supervised reverse sure. rolls. I like yeah. it. But uh, yeah, to touch on what you talked about is jumping right into kind of like a different, not so easy cigar. Like I've told this story on here before. My first cigar was actually like a. A Saka now leave me the hell alone. So it was a Lancero, and it, I bought it simply because I'm like, ah, it's in this cool looking coffin thing. I'll buy that. Sure. Yeah. And I think that probably allowed me to smoke a lot more than it would if I started with something simple. Sure. 
Sure, because like you, with some of those like bigger brands that are doing these malt cigars, they're just they're not they're not giving you any doorways to anything else. So if you're constantly smoking them, you just become in this comfort zone that you you have no way of getting out of. And with these bigger like legacy brands that we talk about, that you know, for example, Stolen Throne, the the you're able to keep the price down. You invest in you know a bundle packaging, things of that nature. Sometimes this cigar that's forty dollars with a big brand is probably if they like didn't go with all the crazy extravagant packaging like twenty five or twenty, and not even close. Yeah. You're way, you're still way over. So you're like, dude, a cigar you, costs like three dollars to make, right. and that might be high. And if you if you saw behind like how the sausage made, you'd be really pissed with some of your purchases. <laughs> well, didn't we? yeah, but like, and and that's kind of the thing. Like, there's people that want to sell you this story. You know, the, the magical piece of shit in a, you know, guaranteed box, right? Like the old Tommy boy, you know, you don't have a guarantee on the box. But like realistically, I mean, the process is the process. You're either working with great tobacco or you're not, right? And that's where it starts. And that comes from processing, you know, fermenting, like all these things. Like, so you can tell me whatever magical story that you want, that you got half the cigar from the moon and you're going to go back for the other half next year. Right? <laughs> the like dark the side of the, of the day, moon. Yeah. But, you know, but at the end of the day, the product needs to speak for itself. Wow. You know, and we're growing and growing into this portion where you talk to people that spend X amount of dollars above, let's say, the base point is like $12. If you spend more than that, how many people really enjoy those cigars that they spent for that? Or did the price point dictate that they tell you that they like it? Well, I mean, to touch back on you saying that you do have to, you know, sometimes smoke shit you don't like. I mean, think about it. Cigars aren't cheap, man. It kind of, no, there's nothing the, worse than... smoke something you don't like at 40 bucks. Oh, yeah. oh man. Horrible. I, I've, I've been pissed Horrible. off about cigars before. Or yeah, like, sure. if just like, it's the one like dud from production and it blows up on you or something. Yeah. You're like, fuck this. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, I mean, that happens. Like even, you know, it, it's still a natural product, right? It's still yeah. an animated mm-hmm. product. And, and you have to understand, I think what, and it's not really for the consumer to understand, but like the one thing is like, I'm in Nicaragua. The cigars are rolled here. They're shipped to Miami through import. Then they're shipped from the Miami to the warehouse in Virginia. From Virginia, they go all over the world. That's a shit ton of travel time, man. Yeah, and then yeah. all those stops, you cannot control what happens. Yeah, some dude at UPS is just tossing shit in the fucking pallet. Oh, there. That happened oh, to me. Yeah. Like, we try to, like, I try to, like, pick a date towards the end of the year where we stop because, you know, like, when that part time help comes, they don't <laughs> give a shit. Yeah. Oh, I man. saw my post, uh, my post guy, right? I had a little package come in the mail with some cigars that somebody had sent us. Uh, I'm walking out the door as he's delivering it. The dude literally like Kobe's it on my front porch. <laughs> I'm like, come on, dude. I was like, dude, that's a box of cigars, dude. What the hell are you doing? He's like, yep. uh, my bad. I'm like, yeah, it's your fucking bad, dude. What the fuck's wrong with you? You asshole. Well, see you later. Yeah. I was mad. I actually got mad. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Um, but yeah. like, it, it's so funny, man. You can just see it. Like as it gets later in the year, like November, December, like, damage claims just go through the roof because it's like these dudes are just eating it like this guy like, oh, i won't be here i won't be here in four weeks fuck, fuck you good gen good gen z word right there yeet one of my favorites yeah. Yeah. um you mentioned virginia is that where your headquarters are yeah they just moved it okay is, yeah how is yeah. the moving yeah, so- process in the new building that you're in 
Oh, it was great. By that, I mean terrible. <laughs> oh, like it yeah. was just like a, we were on a private property, and then like this bigger warehouse came available that we've needed for quite some time. Um, and of course, like everything else, it's like you know I pull the trigger as soon as an opportunity comes. Well, we moved in like December of last year, <laughs> so like if you can imagine, like end year end, we got cigars going out the door. Yeah, fuck it, let's move it. Let's move everything. But no, it's great. I mean, we moved right up the road. It's like a five-minute move, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But it's awesome. You know, if you guys are ever in Yorktown, stop by, have a cigar. 100%, man. How far is that from D.C.? I got family around there. Uh, We're about two and a half hours south of D.C. Oh, I mean, hey, I got family all over Virginia, so. There you go. I plan on seeing them soon. Aunt Sven. Aunt Sven down in Virginia. (laughs) There you go. Aunt Sven. It, it's not made up sadly i thought it was when he said this to us before fucking weirdo but anyway. <laughs> so now all right stolen thrones here you know you talked about how the brand you like it to be this you know for the people brand and all that you see a lot of these uh brands you know getting scooped up now by the big dogs like how do you feel about that look man i don't begrudge anyone for making money and the thing is is like Everyone sees the perks and not the work, right? Yeah. Like, obviously, like, there's, you know, you you have Room 101, Alec Bradley, the most recent ones. And, you know, some people really gave, you know, like, booth shit for that. Like, and I was pretty surprised in that regard. So, like. It's not even that. It's just, like, for me, you know, the passion and everything and the sacrifice, you know, you got to remember, man, I got two young kids. So every time I'm in a new city or I'm in a country, I'm away from my kids losing time. So that has to be worth something. I can't fail. I can't give up. Like it's, if not, like I just made a sacrifice for nothing. And that's something I'm unwilling to live with, you know, Yeah. you know? So it's one of those situations where it's like, you just deal with it and go and you go with the grind because of the passion, right. And what we love and what we build. And like, for me, I can't bring myself to sell this off and watch them kill what we've built. Right. Because like, you know, when I was getting my MBA, like I I never forget, like the CEO of Nike, he said this and he's right. Like I own the company, but I don't own the brand. The consumer owns the brand. They tell you what it's worth. They tell you the value. They tell you the reputation. And right. So it's the same reason why I can never sell you a cigar that I didn't blend myself because I feel like I'm ripping you off of what you expect from me. But like, you know, to each their own, right? Like, you know, if there's a, comes a time where I'm tired of making cigars, I'm probably already dead, but like, you know, um, then I would be out. So I don't begrudge people for making choices. And man, some fat checks are hard to say no to. Hey, listen, you know, they throw some money around here. I might be like, fuck you guys. I'm out. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. But I get, I get that, and I really respect that because, like, that just shows your passion behind your product. I can tell just by talking to you. You know, you love everything, you know, cigar that you have ever put to market. And then on top of that, you love your consumers because you literally said in the beginning here, I'm not going to charge more for, you know, whatever. I'll, like you said, I'll charge the retailer more. No. Yeah. But, and there's something to be said, like, I brought this up in the past, like, the everyman and cigar here, like not a lot of people can go smoke, you know, 40 to a hundred dollar cigars, you know? And yeah. And, yeah. And look, man, there, there's some thought process to it. You know, as prices go up, we're getting more of those smokers to come to the brand because like I, I, I hear retailers all the time. They'll tell me like, 
because you know we'll we have friends in the industry you know like we have multiple manufacturers that we talk to on a regular and you know i'm friends with and they'll ask like oh are you seeing like a drip i said nope <laughs> like we're having retailers saying like yeah that guy that used to buy one twenty dollars guys buying two stolen throne so yeah i mean unfortunately like that's just the way with this you know current economy is going like you're you're finding people wanting these you know eight to fifteen dollar cigars that really you know can pack that flavor punch or the unique flavors things that haven't really been done before and it really allows the industry to grow further because now that person who might buy one cigar a week, like you said, can now buy two, three, so That's on and right. so forth. Yeah, and like the big picture, man, it's always volume, right? Like I, I hear all this bullshit about this cigar, that like realistically from from manufacturer's side, it doesn't matter what you charge for a cigar. If you're not selling a shit ton of them, you ain't making any money, yeah. right? So like you can sit here and tell me, oh, I got to make this $20 cigar. Oh, you really don't. I'm proving that you can do it at sub 12 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, always nice when you could find a cigar in that ten to fifteen dollar range that you enjoy and love, and you can make that like your everyday purchase. Just stock up, buy, yeah. buy five, buy a box, whatever. It's always nice when you can do that. Caleb, I got two kids, man. Keep smoking some of cigars. I, you know what? I need to smoke more because I've never had a Crooked Crown. I got two kids as well, so I, you know, I can't, you know, I can't buy those twenty, thirty dollar cigars. Yeah. Fucking daycare. So oh, stop. <laughs> well, actually, right now my kids are inside Jerry's house with his wife. My wife is watching my my baby and his two kids right now, so we could talk with you. Nice, yeah. Burn job. Got to make those. Nice. Got to make those arrangements, man. Hey, they get to hang out with their little cousin, so it's all right. Yeah. But when you were starting up, Lee, did you have any uh, any like mentors in the industry that really helped you along? You know, somebody that you know you you went to with advice. Yeah, you know, we, you know, it's this this community is pretty cool, man. Like, it feels like a much bigger industry than it really is. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of people. I mean, Noel's been my mentor since day one. Right? He's walked me through. I mean, the guy grew up in the tobacco field, right? So he's foremost been, and he's been honest about the mistakes he's made and what not to do with brands and that kind of thing. But as far as like mentorship and, and teaching me the way of going about things. And of course I go sideways from exactly everything he tells me when we're composing, when I'm composing a cigar, um, because that's just my nature. But yeah, man, there's a lot of people that have kind of given me feedback or like always willing to help. And, and, and likewise, and I try to do it for other brands and other people that I meet coming across the way. Right. Cause like, I'm not stupid to think I'm the only new guy. There's going to be a guy right after me if he's not already around, you know, so yeah i mean island jim was really important you know he was the one that kind of pushed me and noel to get together and, and you know so it, it's just awesome and, th- and that's kind of the benefit of the show right like i i try not to brag about it but like we don't really need the show to sell cigars for us it's the relationships going there to see people that we can't see through the year you know whether it's retailers or other manufacturers that we genuinely enjoy and like being around you know so that i mean the the community and industry has been really good for that to kind of give some advice. And I try to send the elevator back down. That's usually my go-to. So it's funny, even in uh, mid-adulthood, you know, you, you somebody tries to help you and tells you, hey, man, don't do this because, yeah, it's like having kids. It's like, 
don't do well, this because I, I did that and it's dumb. I and then you on, still go do I it. Listen on bigger, I listen on bigger scale things, but like when it comes to actually blending, like I hear this all the time, people that smoke art, like my stuff and then smoking well stuff. It's like, you guys are made at the same factory, but it tastes vastly different. Yes, that's the point. Like we blend completely different. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I mean, obviously, like one of the things that was a shock to me when I start, first started is learning like how many different brands are made out of like the same like 10 factories. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, okay, all right. Like, you know, my father's making this guy, you know, EP's making that guy, and, you know. That's right. You know, it. Uh, AJ rolls like shit for everybody. <laughs> yeah, right, AJ Fernandez yeah. is like everywhere in the industry. It's like, oh, wow, without that guy, we wouldn't have like, Oh geez, how many brands wouldn't exist? It's crazy. Yep. But so, and then obviously we also talk about what we pair our cigars with as well. We typically do a bourbon or a whiskey, you know, the occasional rum. I know you talked about scotch. What do you like to pair your cigar with? I'm a bourbon rye guy exclusively. Um, I don't really, I'll be honest with you because I smoke so much and I smoke it every walk of my life. Like I never really got too big in the pairings. Right. To me, it's your experience, whatever makes you happy. Like you do, you know, your body, your rules, you know what I'm saying? But if, as far as like liquors go, I'm always bourbon or rye. All right. So I'm a rye guy. Sometimes a rum, but like rum can be really sweet sometimes. So I agree. I don't really. So you said rye. I'm a rye guy as well. What would be like your go-to rye whiskey? Just, you know, something that you'd pick up uh, at a bar having a drink or just something that you stock your shelf with? Oh man, I got like 500 bottles. Uh, oh, so yeah. big oh, collector. You're a, you're a collector too, huh? We did a yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Jerry, you we and Jerry a, will understand. Oh, that. dude, yeah. I you know, you and I would get along fantastic, yeah. man, cuz I'm I, sure see, we could I'm have some deep conversations. I don't nothing I have is sealed. Man. I drink everything I bring cuz what's the point? Sure. If you're not going to. Um, but as far as rise go, man, um, I've always been a wilt guy. We did a rye pick with natural barrel. We did a nine year thrown rye. Nice. That's awesome. Um, trying to think. You're a big fan of Willet, Jay. I like Willet. Willet. So you did a single barrel nine year rye out of Willet. That's no, awesome. He said no, Nashville. It's oh, uh, Nashville. Nashville. Oh, barrel. sorry. It's I thought a, I heard it. MGP. Yeah. No, hey, so yeah. Nashville's a great product rifle. as well, though. Yeah. The Nashville. Uh, yeah, that was good. It's an MGP product. I'm a big MGP guy. Um, shit, man. There's so many good rides. I'm a pin hook rye guy. If you guys can get pin hook, you know pin hook is awesome. It's that falls in line with what we do. Like, I'm big on those guys. Like pin hook, Penelope. They're very much modeling like what we do as far as like great quality, affordable price point. Like this this notion of like it has to be a hundred and ten dollar bottle. Now, mind you, I do like Blue Run, which is yeah. expensive, but it's it's very good. Their rides are fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they, they, you have all these people that push these big dollar rise and like bourbons, like I'll be honest with you, man, there's just as many, if not more at like the 60, the 40 to $60 bottle. That's awesome. We actually have a barrel pick coming out uh, at the end of the month that we did with uh, Rochester elite barrel pickers. Uh, it's a Penelope toasted barrel. Very nice. So that'll Penelope, be dropping. They're great. They're, yeah. they're good friends of mine. I'm actually... I can't speak too much on it, but I'm actually working on a, a, a big project with Penelope right now. Oh, very you cool, follow man. us on social media, you would know that. Yeah, we vi- we visited the uh, we visited the page. distillery, so uh, it was it was pretty cool in New Jersey. That's awesome. They're really they're really really cool people, and I love their stuff. Architect and their toasted barrels. Did you get to try the Rio? Models. 
Yeah, did I you did, try? I do have the Rio. The Rio. Oh, I'm did jealous. Did you try it Dude, it's so good. I it's at the house. I haven't tried it yet. Uh, oh, it's so, amazing. Uh, one of one of their brand ambassadors and brand managers is a really really cool dude, big supporter of Soul and Throne. He he sent me quite a few things. So Jeez. I do have that at home. We tried to fucking well, get that you know. bottle, but uh, now it's upwards of four hundred dollars. So uh, yeah. I'll let you know how it is. Uh, no, no, oh, we've had it. Awesome. We had it there. Yeah. It, when okay. I tell you, yeah, like, yeah. it's one of the best bourbons I've ever tried. It's like uh, it's that good. It's like drinking a cinnamon that's bun. Yeah, it's like that's a been liquefied. Bun. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, you'll really enjoy. Yeah, that. but like as far as like everyday drinkers, like uh, Weller Special Reserve is my everyday drinker. Really? Yes, sir. Probably can get. He probably can get it more ready available than in New York, where you get one bottle for sixty bucks, where you could find it some places for twenty bucks. Well, he's yeah. in Virginia. No, I, I hate it. I've hated. So oh yeah, like, Virginia's Virginia tough sucks too. For that. Yeah. yeah, but whenever I go to, it's so funny. Is, is I'm telling my secrets now. <laughs> whenever I go to Texas to visit Noel, I always take an empty check bag and I fill it up with the half gallons and bring them back. <laughs> Thirty five yeah. bucks a gallon. No one drinks it in Texas. Apparently, I don't know why. Texas trip boys. You know? Yeah. So Texas yeah. and apparently Ohio are like the Buffalo Trace like capitals of the fucking. Well, US. it just it just drives me crazy because like Weller was great because it was a way for people to have pappy without having to spend the money. I mean, because everything Weller made originally was under twenty seven bucks MSRP. Like Weller twelve was like twenty seven dollars. You know, Weller Special Reserve was nineteen, and I think one hundred seven was like twenty two bucks, maybe. I remember visiting Buffalo Trace. And finding out that Weller is the exact mash bill of Pappy Van Winkle, it just—they're all the same. It hadn't been voted on by their their panel to be a Pappy Van Winkle, and I was like, "What the it's fuck?" Mash bill. So if you <laughs> what so the fuck? Weller Weller Special Reserve isn't everything. The twelve is basically the same as like the fifteen and twenty three, and Weller one hundred seven is just a younger rip, old rip. Yeah. Yeah, man, we gotta have you on just to talk bourbon one of these days for a yeah. for a next episode. Useless knowledge, you're fucking welcome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you're a rye guy. I I actually am not a fan of rye. I don't like. I'm very sensitive to the heat from it. But yeah. so, well, like, I will tell you. I will tell you what I've told everybody that's ever told me that. You have to find one that's approachable, and you will eventually find that rye as long as you don't give up. You will find that rye that you're like, damn, all right. We've all done it. I was the same way with a good friend of mine. He was not a rye guy until he did it. And it's going to be a different rye for everyone, you know? So it's funny you say that. So recently we had Aaron from Smoke Wagon on and he sent us one. What was the? Blender Select. Oh, their Blender Select. So their Blender Select rye. It didn't taste like a rye at all to me. And I was like, that is the best fucking rye I ever had. Check out like High West Double Rye, you know? Something that's not going to burn you with the spice. Yeah, I've had the um, rendezvous. I don't know if I've had the double. The double rye is nice. Yeah, man, you you you'll get there. You just have to. I tell you, like you have to find that gateway rye. Yeah, that blender select though. That was that was the shit. Because once you're in the rye game, man, it's just to me, it's so much more. And I'm a big weird guy too, but like obviously weller and stuff. But like, rye can be so much more. To have so much more depth and be so much more complex that it's it's awesome. Yeah, I mean the wheats are fucking awesome too. I know I've been loving the oh, all love. the wheat stuff out right now, man. That's uh, yeah, I'm a big awesome. leader. Yeah, I'm a big. Did leader. um, I'm sure you know. Obviously, you know a lot about whiskey and rise and and MGP. Uh, you know who Greg Metz is? I don't think so. 
Yeah, he's like uh, actually responsible for. He was like the one of the head guys at MGP, and like he just left, okay. and now he does Old Elk. Oh yeah, so I, you're right. No, I take that back. I do know him. I've done it. So we we had him on the show. Talk about a humble guy. I mean, he's had his hand yeah, in pretty awesome. much everything. It's it was pretty yeah. unbelievable talking to him. What a wealth of knowledge. Geo, if you, I t- I'll tell you your gateway ride right now. If you can get a new riff single barrel ride. Oh, we got to do, do that. Do you know how many people have told me about Everyone new riff? talks about new riff. We got to do it. I've never so had new riff, new riff is like the greatest group of people I've ever met in my entire life. So we were one of their very first. Our very first Stone Throne pick was a new riff pick. We did a four-year bourbon. It was phenomenal. They're doing some super cool stuff. They So they, they started out, if you've ever heard of OKI, which is now back owned by somebody else. But OKI was their original run when they were getting dissolute from MGP. Then they started making their own dissolute, so they did away with it. But the owner of New Riff was actually the owner of Party Source, the biggest liquor store in the country. And it's also one of the greatest places in the world where you can sample like 60% of their inventory before you buy it. Hell yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, but like the New Riff stuff, they're awesome. They're making some really, 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 really good stuff. We're going to have to reach out to them. I mean, uh, why not at that point? Like, we've never had it, and it's not like you are literally. Like, there's probably been a dozen people that have told me about at new least, riff. at least, dude. You got to try new riff. Got to try new riff. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And you don't and see just, it you, here. Yeah. We don't get a lot of it here. Yeah, but it's, here. It's, it's slowly getting up there. Like I know in Virginia, the only way you get it is like through the package stores for like the the NX and stuff like that. Um, but they're doing. They're. I don't think I've ever had a product from them. I didn't like, and they do some really, really experimental rye stuff. But yeah, that new riff is the way to go. I think if you had a new riff rye, I think it would change your mind. All right, right up, right up our alley. And uh, Lee, I gotta say, I'm taking this thing down to the nub, enjoying it very. It's awesome. Words can't Thanks. describe how awesome it is. Clearly, because you couldn't even put that sentence. Together. Well, I was gonna say thoroughly, but it wasn't coming out correct. <laughs> yeah, so right. it's okay. I got my word jumble mush mouth going on. So yeah, this is delicious. I mean, so with this Yorktown here, I don't. Did he? Did you touch on the binder filler that I don't recall? I, briefly, when we got into the wrapper, you said it was the. Uh, so the yeah, so the binder the binder filler is all from Jalapa and Candega, and the Lajero is the, a new varietal of. Rojo Pillar de Oro from Candega that we're doing. All right, so that makes a little sense there. Usually, Corojos have that like very. They're not a lot of Corojo that we've had. I feel like. I don't know. I feel like Corojos getting pretty popular. Right, uh, like, you're, you're seeing Corojo wrappers being used on a lot of different yeah. things. Yeah. Well, I mean, well. there was the the industry went through a San Andreas phase, and like I think it's still in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody's putting out San Andreas right now. I I, I believe that. The, I they just had I a did it five crack. years ago. Yeah, you right? did it? Oh, I did it five years I ago. I did it five years ago. Simpsons did it. Right. Flex. <laughs> yeah. Flex on. <laughs> but, uh, Lee, man, we appreciated having you on. Uh, man, what a wealth of knowledge, and, and congratulations on all the success. And, you know, uh, man, putting out some great products and, you know, really being about that brick and mortar, that, that price point, and, you know, the consumer – it's it's much appreciated, especially as somebody that, like you, is more of I'm a volume over a price guy. I, I'd like to be able to smoke way more cigars than, you know, forty dollars. That just doesn't work, especially here in New York. That cigar is yeah. like fifty dollars. Uh, I mean, it's ridiculous. But uh, you know, we appreciate everything that uh, you know, you know, Stone Thrones nah, doing. I, it's awesome. I appreciate your time, guys. I appreciate you guys being flexible, allowing me to do this trip down here at the factory. 
Yeah. Um, it's my pleasure, man. Anytime. I'd, I'd love to come back whenever you guys have me. Hell yeah. Yeah, anytime, man. We'll set that up. Awesome. Now, All right, dudes. Real quick, last question. When's these Yorktowns hitting the stores for everyone? That's a great question. They should be shipping this month. The cigars have already been banded. They're in packaging right now. I'm watching that happen as we speak. Nice. So hopefully we'll we'll have them nationwide within the next couple of weeks. No later than September, but I'm hoping to get it done this month. Beautiful. You heard it here first. And uh, for us New Yorkers, uh, obviously New York City is, uh, you said, one of the only places that carry it right now. Uh, any any advice to where you know we might be able to pick some of these up? I would just hit the I would hit the website get right. some where that's close to you guys. Uh, I'm awesome. sorry about your Yankees, go Orioles, bro. I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not a Yankees guy. I'm a Yankees but, guy. Yeah, but, uh, it's six hours away, New York City. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's he's a Sox guy. I'm a Red Sox guy. But it's oof. just as bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dudes. Thanks so much. Nice yep. meeting you, Lee. All right. Take Cheers. it easy, brother. See you, man. Oh. What's up? Hey, uh, I'll edit this part out, but dude, can you leave your laptop or computer on just so this file can upload all the way on your end? Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. No worries. Yeah, all right, you brother. can just hit the leave thing and it'll just uh, upload in the background. All right. Awesome. All right, man. All right. Thank you, Lee. Bye. Take Bye. care. All right. No. Cool. Great cigar. This is uh, really good. Dude, this is phenomenal. Yeah. I like uh, I like the flavors you get on it, man. Yeah. A lot of chocolate, uh, cocoa, uh, almost like... like Espresso. I, yeah, yeah. Espresso. Uh, just like this right here, man, with like a black coffee. Oh, my God, man. This thing would be awesome. Uh, I would pretty much put this in like a medium to full i wouldn't say this thing knocked my socks off but uh you know i i think for somebody that doesn't smoke every day this might have some punch what do you think absolutely i mean medium throughout i actually did not eat beforehand so i'm probably uh feeling a little bit more so i could definitely see how that for you know the uh uninitiated smoker would feel on that one sure also guys what did you think of this uh I forgot the name of it. Or was it Blade and Bow? Blade and Bow. Blade and Bow. Because I thought this shit was really good. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I find myself really enjoying a lower proof bourbon lately. Uh, sometimes you know them crazy fucking the heat the the crazy proof points that we drink usually are fucking wild. But uh, dude, this what is this ninety one? Yeah, fifty fifty ninety one proof fifty two dollars that you know. I picked up for. I'm assuming the retail can't be too high on this. You know, for that price point, very, very, very solid. I wonder what their other expressions makes me want to try them. That's for sure. I don't think they have a lot of other expressions. I think the only other one they have is a blade and bow, and it's called 22. So it might be a special blend. I've only seen this one in stores, and you hit right on the price point, right around fifty dollars and up. So, dude, great. Uh, I only had one pour. I got some things to do today. Uh, excellent. And uh, you know what? Maybe our palates have been a little fried with some of the high-proof stuff that we've done lately. Like, we've done a lot over 110 the last couple episodes. So this was a nice uh, palate refresher. And it did pair well with a medium to fuller body cigar. Even, you know, a lot of people like to pair heavy with heavy. But I think this is a good offsetting pairing. And, you know, I hate to say everything pairs well, but, you know, softer whiskey, heavier cigar. I think it just offset just right. I agreed to that. Did you end up getting your uh, review done, Caleb? Yes, I did. I'm All ready right, buddy. To we'll start with you. All right, so we had the Stolen Throne Yorktown Fleet. Uh, appearance, so we did have an unbanded cigar, but I did go to their website, and I did see the band. 
I saw the packaging. Uh, overall, it looks pretty cool. So I'm going to go with an eight, eight and a half. And I usually don't do that without, like, Geo usually does it with the score, but I, I went a little different. Um, I did like the closed foot at the end. So eight and a half. Uh, burn, eight and a half. It burned a little unevenly. So I had to, you know, ash it every now and then, but, you know, not that big of an issue. Construction, uh, going nine and a half. You could have, you could have held this ash all the way down. Very well constructed. Uh, very heavy cigar. You could have dropped it, and I think the ash would have held as well. Um, draw, I did V cut, did a nine, uh, no issues, great draw on it. And enjoyment, we had Leon with the boys Tuesday afternoon, giving it a nine as well. So, overall score 44 and a half times two, 89 for Caleb. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, Yorktown Fleet appearance, I gave it an eight and a half. Didn't see the band on it. Uh, I'm assuming it'll be pretty cool. Most of their bands are, uh, they're usually pretty detailed. Um, they, they are pretty neat looking. Um, so looking forward to see how that packaging and the bands turn out. But, uh, the burn, I gave it a nine construction. I gave it a nine. Uh, I did straight cut mine as always. Uh, I don't really, I, I don't think I, especially on like a new cigar. I just, the traditional straight cut, uh, the draw, I gave it a nine. This thing very smoky, uh, really liked it. Uh, and obviously smoking this thing, talking to Lee was pretty cool. So I gave this a nine as well, bringing me to a 44.589 overall. So that's the same score as Caleb, um, ironically, but, uh, some, some, uh, tasting notes you get on this cigar, obviously just right out of the packaging. Uh, I did want to mention this is a close foot cigar as well. Uh, very, very potent, man. I'm talking like you literally, it smells like you're, you're smelling a chocolate bar. Uh, it, it's really, really good. So, uh, notes of chocolate, cocoa, um, espresso, black coffee. Uh, I feel like you could smoke this cigar in the morning if you're more of an advanced smoker and probably as a nightcap, if you're somebody yeah. just looking to enjoy yourself and sit down and have a good time around a fire or whatever you do at night. I'd agree with that. I'm empty stomach right now and it's not putting me on my ass, but I'm feeling just enjoying it. Really good cigar. No yeah. BK or Wendy's for Gio today. I would yeah. definitely <laughs> buy this cigar. So if you're out there and you're listening to this and you have a chance to to purchase this, give it a whirl, man. Yo, I got to buy a Crooked Crown. I, I got to buy one of those. Crook, I have... crook, crook. crook of the Crown. I never had one. I definitely got to go find some. Yeah. Seems like that's like the, the cigar to get if you're buying Stolen Thrones. Yep. All right. I'll add it to my to-buy list. Perfect. Gio, how'd you do, buddy? Uh, I just finished it up. I mean, I'm just going to briefly touch on it here. So this is going to be coming in two sizes. Like they said, a five by 50 Robusto and a, that six by 50 box press torpedo price points. So reasonable, 10 50 and $11, 20 count bundles. So in that regard, I would definitely say bundle worthy for sure. Um, to get into the actual review now. Uh, appearance i gave this an eight i did also see the band and what the product was going to look like uh very very nice product here you know the actual cigar itself i think one of the nice things about having an unbanded cigar is you look at the intricacies of the color of the wrapper uh if other stuff pops into it and all that and that really took to there other than that it's just you know not the crazy thing you know production wise it's to be in a bundle but they'll have the displays that'll stand out in for, you know, that consumer. Burn, I gave this thing a nine. This thing, I touched it up once briefly, and that's because, you know, I got a lot a little long-winded. But even burn, no issues. This thing was a phenomenal cigar, and it stood up to the conversation we were having here, which 
is always a good thing. Construction, I gave this thing a 9.5. I don't have a single ash on me, which usually is a great sign. Wow. Yeah. Uh, draw, I gave it a 9 as well. I V-cut this one, and I had zero issues. Like, it, perfect, smoky motherfucker, too. Uh, enjoyment, I also gave this a 9. Uh, the irony here is that brings my score to a 44.5, also an 89. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> no math, no math today. Overall score eighty nine. Easy day for me. Nice, dude. And Geo's on that V cut gang. Yeah, Hell yeah! I think we had a consensus score different ways around it, yeah. which is pretty funny. Yeah, for sure. But <laughs> doesn't happen too often with us. But that's pretty funny. What did you guys think of this blade and bow? I know, uh, I know, we, you know, touched on it a little bit at the end after Lee got off. But dude, this stuff's pretty good, man. Blade and bow, definitely for, give this a whirl for a random buy like. Guys, I literally, like, 20 minutes before the show started, went to the liquor store, looked down there in the $50 shelf, and found this. Uh, you will not be disappointed. I would definitely, you know, recommend this bottle to any bourbon drinker, really. It's low enough proof point where it's not harsh at all. Easy, Zipper. You add a cube to this thing, man, uh, you're, you're in your glory if you add a cube to it, especially if you're not into uh, bourbon and whiskey as much as we are. Just the easy Zipper. You know, make a Manhattan out of this thing. Do it. Do it. Oh, we're back on that again? It's been a while. It's been a while. I haven't had a Manhattan <laughs> in a long time, my friend. Be a man. Drink it neat. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. You can handle it. A rookie could handle this neat. Yeah, no. And like, I mean, 50 bucks is not a crazy price point for this. Like, this could easily, like, stand up to like a $70, $80 bourbon. No doubt. I mean, I like it a lot more at 50 but you know obviously that's just me telling you like as far it drinks like one of those like higher end bourbons compared to that like speaking sure well it was awesome having leon it was awesome smoking the cigar with you fellas um that being said caleb any closing notes to the episode you know what just uh tell your cousin william in uh colorado go buy this cigar the yorktown fleet it was awesome by stolen thrones but other than that make sure you guys are uh Following us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and the TikTok. Uh, make sure you subscribe, like, comment, tell a friend to tell a friend. And you know what? Just thanks for following. We always uh, are grateful for our viewers. And for our audio-only listeners, uh, Cigar Hustler Podcast Network, make sure you guys are checking them out as well. Um, yeah. Looking forward to, uh, you know, doing more cool shit with you guys. Hey, Gio, yeah. anything else? I, this was a long fucking week of recording. We did some damage. That's a lot of damage. Yeah, right? That's a lot of damage. Guys, make sure you check out Stolen Throne Cigars. You know, Lee talked about where to find them. And make sure you're checking us out, too, on Cigar Hustler Podcast Network, like Jerry said. And follow us on YouTube. Subscribe. We need that shit. And be on the lookout for our Penelope pick. That being said, we'll see you guys next Wednesday. The Down to Herf Podcast, its owners and sponsors take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show hosts or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of Mike and Mike Productions or the podcast providers, and opinions between talk show hosts may differ. It's not our intention to libel, incite, or hurt anyone's feelings. We invite you to write the show's host, Jerry Lewandowski, with any feedback or suggestions you have for their show. These broadcasts are presented and made public as entertainment in the hopes that they will be entertaining to the audience.